Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I am your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for being with us today. On the show, we have Buggy. She is a pop artist originally from the Ohio area. She moved to California for a stint, and right now she's in Canada with family, and she's actually been stuck there since COVID, so she's working her way back to the States here pretty soon. But the cool thing about Buggy is her music is not just an auditory experience. It is a visual experience as well. So there will be links in the show notes, and I really want all of you to take a moment, click on her website link, and go through the entire first page. It is laid out like a book with visual experiences and music. So I liken her work to being in an art gallery where you get a completely immersive experiences for your senses. And so if you've never been to an art gallery where they pair music and visual art, this is going to be a fantastic introduction for you. So... Sit back. I've got a track for you. This is called Heart of Stone by Buggy. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox. I am your host, Katie Thompson, and today I have artist Buggy with me. How are you, my dear? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I am just fantastic, and I'm so glad that you're here (laughs) on the show. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for asking me. You bet. So Buggy and I got connected via Mark Abrams, who we had on the podcast previously, and he engineered her latest project, which we will talk about him in a little bit. But I want to know a little bit about your backstory and just kind of how you became to be such a an eclectic artist. I mean, just, just from looking at your website, I am so intrigued, and I cannot wait to dive into more of your art. So just tell us a little bit about your backstory, friend. Thank you. Well, the Project Buggy um, started much later after um, I've gone down the path of art and music separately. And um, I'm from Ohio. And when I was in Columbus, I sang in a band called Fantods there and uh, did that for several years. And I also went to CCAD, which is the art school there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, I did a bunch of different music projects and always loved doing art on the side and like graphic designs, like my day job, that kind of thing. And I knew I wanted to do a solo project. Um, but at the time I felt like 
really driven to do either an art project or a music project. And so I decided to kind of combine the two into just like one like experiment um, because every time I thought about like, well, am I, do I feel more like a visual artist or do I feel more like a, you know, uh, like musician? I always felt like neither of them a hundred percent, but um, like all of it together, I think I feel more like just a person who likes to explore creatively. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how Buggy came to be. It was just more of like a uh, having these ideas and wanting to see, um, you know, where they could go. And I've always written my own vocals and uh, done some instrumentation uh, previously and the other projects, but um really wanted to try actually doing the instrumentation uh producing it all of the above so it would be more like seeing into fruition the exact ideas that I had and the challenge of learning it as I go so that's really I maybe that's like not the best way of explaining how I got there but that's kind of more like um all of those things uh doing it all these other ways kind of left only this area that I hadn't really explored fully before um so that's kind of why switched and went that route with um with buggy so yeah that is really intriguing um because you, <laughs> you don't see that a lot with artists i mean you typically they they focus on like one medium and they don't always incorporate multiple mediums into their work so so okay studying at ccad did you like did you do music in high school like did you have any kind of classical training or anything like that um, no classical training. I did take voice lessons for a bit um, when I was in high school. Um, I was in a lot of like musical theater. Um, I sang a lot in uh, like church choirs growing up and stuff like that. Um, I like briefly took piano lessons um, when I was really little. So I wouldn't say I didn't really have any like instrument training where it was like it could really go with my voice. So I always felt dependent on other people to carry that for me. And then when I got like a laptop that had GarageBand on it, then I really started being like, oh, well, you know, can I explore this side too? And that's when um, I felt like that was a bit more like my instrument. So I, I think probably like theater, like musical theater is probably what really got me into music. Yeah. But the desire was like always there. Um, and when I was little, I used to sing and record myself on like, you know, like Fish Price tape recorder and stuff like that. Which, <laughs> so, so yeah, so it was always there, I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> so you, you've always had like a passion for, for recording yourself and kind of producing your, your own sounds and things ever since you were a child. I think without realizing that's what I was doing, I was doing that. Yeah. Like even in high school, like as soon as I had stuff that I could like, sing and then um record along with it and like double it with more vocals and stuff then um I was always doing that but I at the time I think I didn't realize it was just more like oh I want to be a singer it wasn't really like oh what I'm doing is more like um you know like I'm actively recording myself or you know it's more like what my interest is which is more like working not necessarily in a studio but working in an environment where like you can really like uh, slowly chisel away at what you're creating. Yeah, it's funny because that's always been there, those interests, but yeah. like I didn't necessarily think like, oh, this is what I'm working towards, what I'm doing. So, well, I think that's yeah. really awesome though, because I mean, think about it. Like, there's there's a very large shortage of female producers, in, especially in the music world. So, 
you were, you know, even without realizing that you were doing it, you became a producer from a pretty young age. And, and I, and I love that, you know, you were just like, well, I've got garage band. Maybe I can go in and try to, you know, experiment with these sounds. So talk about this album that you and Mark worked on together. So maybe you could walk us through what happened in garage band and then what started to transpire as you were thinking, okay, I need to get to the studio. I need to make this thing really come to life. Yeah. Well, um, so when I, I had been writing all these demos for another project that I had uh, called Kiberia, and um, I would write all these demos, and it was just me and uh, my best friend in that group. His name's Chris. And so um, I would bring in these ideas, and uh, and some of them he would connect to, and then we would develop those ideas um, for our project. But then I had these other songs where I would be like, I don't know, I really like this song, or... I feel like this idea could become something, but like he doesn't want to work on those songs or like, you know, like it just wasn't like, I don't know. They just weren't coming to be, I guess. And so um, when that project kind of got on the back burner, I was like, well, I have all these ideas that I've written that I want to see actually become songs. So then I started um, at that point, I was using Ableton more and uh decided to you know turn those into stuff that i work on and as i was learning more about like production and and really like uh you know coming back to the songs and chiseling bits away and then you know sitting on them for a bit and then coming back and um they basically started to grow and then i started to realize like i actually think i have like an album's worth here And um, I was kind of going back and forth a lot between California and Vancouver, um, British Columbia and Canada. And so um, they're actually the library here in in Vancouver has recording rooms that you can rent out with your library card, which is amazing. That's awesome. So, yeah, so they have vocal booths. So I would just bring some of my gear in and I would record the final vocals at the library. And um, so originally I thought I was gonna you know because I'd already written everything I'd produced everything I'd recorded everything myself so I thought oh well you know if this is actually going to be like a project that you know I'm trying to DIY as much as I can then I need to mix it myself so I started learning how to mix and I started um I learned how to use Cubase and um was like really getting these like demos together for what I wanted them to be. And then I realized that like my taste and my skill level didn't match, which was (laughs) such a bummer to me. So um, it's like, I just knew like, I don't have the skills. I mean, obviously I'm learning this as I go. Like it's delusional to think that I could, you know, have, have it sound the way that I want when the people that mixed what I want it to sound like have like, of, you know, so many years of experience. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was when I was del- like, woke up from my delusion and was like, oh my God, what am I doing? But the good <laughs> thing is, is that I had like demo mixes that really did ha- like kind of paint the idea of what the song was. So I just needed someone to mix them and like bring it to that level where like my taste was. And so um, I had, you know, posted something online that I was looking for uh, someone that might want to mix the project for me and uh, Mark reached out and we hit it off. And so then I went back to Ohio and 
we mixed the album and I was like so happy with how it turned out and it really just took what I had envisioned but like really just I don't know really chiseled it so that even though he was mixing it and everything else was pretty much ready to go and and I'm not the easiest person to work with because I'd be like oh I already have an idea for like where this is going to be panned you know what I mean but um but I feel like he just really polished it so much that um I'm just happy with with what we're able to do and he's so much fun to work with in the studio so it was like a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so Mark and I, when, when he was on the episode, we were talking about what it means to have the right team behind you when you're producing an album. So, you know, if you could, like for some of our younger listeners who haven't really done any studio work, could you talk a little bit about what it was like to first go into that studio process with Mark and basically how do you start to speak to an engineer producer so that they can, you know, kind of understand what it is that you're going for. Um, Yeah, definitely. One thing that I know from like listening to the other episodes you've done and and what Mark um, tapped on before too was like intention. And I think that's a huge part of it, like focusing on what your intention is and having like a clear picture of what you want the end sound to be um, and having examples of that. I mean, if you're doing something different, like let's say I, I'm i like writing country songs, but I want the mix to sound like the prodigy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something totally different than, you know, still being able to be like, well, here's my examples. Like, because you don't have to just completely redo what someone else has. But if you have the right examples to be like, this is kind of the, the path that I'm trying to aim towards for the mix or for, you know, I think a lot in visuals, which sometimes makes it hard for me to explain um, sonically what I want, because, which I think is why my project is so visual based as well. Cause if I'm writing, I'm not, it's not always that like I hear sonically where it goes next. It's more like I see it where it goes next. Like it's painting this like visual in my head. So, um, or I guess learning the language is really important too, because, and that's sometimes what, where Mark and I would struggle is I would try to explain something, but maybe I don't know the right language for like the mix, you know, like a mixing engineer's dialogue, like how they would say it. And so he's really great at like, you know, helping you get to where, where, what it is that you mean. Mm -hmm. But when you have like a basic understanding of what things actually mean in the mix, then uh, I feel like that can help. You don't always have to know it right off the top of your head. Like sometimes it's a matter of like, I don't even know, doing a Google search and being like, okay, this is kind of what I'm trying to describe. And then seeing how other people actually mean that in, in like the terms that they use. I think too, recognizing what kind of artist you are, because if you're an artist where you're like, I am hands-on with everything and um, I have a very clear vision of what I want it to be, then you you want to make sure you're going into the situation like where it's going to allow for that or that they're understanding that that's how it's going to be. But maybe you're um, an artist where you have these ideas and you really want someone to take, uh, take them and shape them and run with them. Um, and maybe you prefer to bounce off someone else rather than just have someone, um, like help support what you have in mind. Like those all need to be clear as well. So I think going into the studio, it helps to really, um, just have clarity on what your goals are and where you are too. 
I guess in a way I feel like I wasted a lot of time trying to mix my own stuff because um, I was like delusional about thinking I could do it, but it wasn't a lose situation because I developed some skills and then I had good um, demo mixes that helped um, helped me explain my project better. Yeah. But um, so I think it's just more like, what's the path you want to take to get there? And and really being clear about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And setting the intention for that path. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I just I love I love how you said, you know, sometimes Google is like, you know, a fantastic resource. And that is that is absolutely the case. I mean, I I can't even describe to you how many times I've I've worked with other musicians and we weren't speaking the same language and it really hindered us in the moment. But that's, yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic piece of advice. Thank you so much for that. And I, I hope that our listeners who are, are younger and maybe not as seasoned, and uh, I hope that you take away that fair bit of information because that is incredible input. And it's and it's <laughs> also just being self-aware and just going, okay, I don't have the, you know, the right vocabulary here, but that's not going to stop me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think of it too, it's kind of like... um I don't know, like if you went to the hairdresser and you're like, I want this and you describe something, but that's not at all what they would like think that meant, you're going to leave with a way different haircut. So, (laughs) so you like, you just have to be slight, like you don't have to be incredibly prepared, but I think, um, or even asking like, you know, when I say this, this is what I think this means. What does it mean to you? Um, and yeah, I mean, but working in the studio is so much fun, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a great experience that everyone should explore, and I also think after, um, like, years of being, like, in bands and in projects with other people and then trying this one where it's, like, I'm doing this on, like, mostly on my own except for Mark mixing and, like, um, and then John mastering it, like, it's really one of those things where um, it's fun to explore both because they just kind of strengthen, like, give you kind of like all around strength where you can be like, like you don't have to wait for other people. That's the other thing. If, if you're really sad because you have all these demos and, and you're like, these aren't getting worked on or whatever, like don't just shelf that stuff, like actually explore it. It's your creative process. So um, if, you know, if it's something that you want to explore creatively and see what, you know, what comes of it, even if it's just you're gaining new skills for the next song you write with other people, like I think anything's an option. You just have to kind of, see what's realistic for like where you are at the moment and what your expectations can be. Yeah, 100%. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's also a fair piece of knowing where your limits are and knowing like, for example, like, Hey, okay, my mixing skills are not where they need to be to (laughs) fulfill the needs that I, that I'm hearing sonically. So I'm going to go find somebody who's capable of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. And I think that's the thing, too, where I struggled with like, okay, well, do I wanted this project to be entirely DIY? Do I then sacrifice some of, you know, what I wanted it to sound like in order to say that, like, I I did this entire project on my own? Or do I want to say, okay, I did these other elements on my own and then I had someone come in for mixing and mastering? Like, everybody's going to be different. And so when I viewed that, um, originally I was like, no, I want this to be entirely DIY. Well, when I got to that point where I was like, this isn't going to sound like what I envisioned, then, um, for me, it made sense then to get someone that knows what they're doing to do that part. 
And for someone else, it might be like, they're, they're like, no, actually, it's more important to me that I do that part, sure. you know? So yeah, it's kind of like, what are your own values? And why are you choosing that? Make sure that your choices are in alignment with those values. Absolutely. Well, I mean, liken this to Prince. I mean, the very first album that he ever produced, he played all of the instruments. Yep. But he wasn't the mix engineer, the master engineer on that. That was somebody else that was taking care of that part. He was just the one putting everything together because he heard exactly what he wanted in his head and he was able to lay it down. So I, I have to commend you because... I mean, being able to not just write your own music, but produce it and not and that doesn't just mean, you know, going into garage band and, and playing around with sounds. That means actually forming a clear path for a song. And, you, you know, my, my first experience in the studio with Mark, he taught me so much about being a producer and what that what that actually entails. And I and I realized it was a much bigger job than I had ever thought it was. So. I just, I, like I said, I have to commend you for it because people that can go in the studio and produce their own stuff, that is, that is a very, very high level of achievement in my book. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's kind of one of those things because art is so subjective. So if, you know, like, yeah, I produced everything on my own, well, for better or worse, you know what I mean? Like someone else could listen to it and be like, oh my gosh, this, this section's way too long. Or why did it go to this section when it could have gone to this other section? But I also think sometimes as artists, we get hyper-focused on what we create and aren't able to look at it, like put it on the chopping block and be like, um, trim it for what it needs to become. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, oh, but like this is too close to home. And so that is an area where like, you know, if you work with another producer, you work with bandmates that are writing with you, like that is where that can be a huge benefit is because you're getting outside input that's saying like, you know, this part could be trimmed or this could be flipped or what if we try this instead? And you have to do all that on your own if you're doing that. And what I find really helps is that for me personally, it's like I have a bunch of songs on the go. And then before I would get up for work, I would wake up extra early and then like work for five, 10 minutes on a song and then switch to another song and work like five, 10 minutes on that one. I would just do that until I ran out of time. And I found that sometimes when you're trying to produce your own stuff 
like instead of just trying to put a bunch of time at it at once it's almost better to like come at it with fresh ears every other day or something like that and only for like a few minutes just to get that initial feedback of like your gut reaction of like oh I could trim this spot you have to be able to also let it go and the goal is to make it better but really it's just more like being proactively like working on it rather than being obsessed with it having to be perfect you know Yep. I I tell a lot of my students that, you know, the songwriting students, at least, you know, you you have to be willing to edit your first draft 15, 50, 100,000 times. You have to be willing to cut bits and pieces of it out as long as it's serving the song, then you're on the correct path. But if, if something's not serving the song, if it's not helping paint the picture, then it needs to go. Yes, absolutely. I forget who I heard this from, but they were saying that a lot of times writers will write the second verse first. Mm. So like your initial verse that you write, you'll like that you'll think is the first verse. When you step back from it, you'll realize, Oh, that's actually the second verse. And then you need to write the first verse. So like when I started hearing things like that, um, from doing like, um, like songwriting, you know, reading songwriting books and doing online tutorials or like lessons in songwriting. It, it was like those little tidbits that I felt um, made me view it differently. Like it's just the first way it comes out doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. Sometimes that verse doesn't even belong in that song. Maybe it's a whole different song. You yeah. just needed that chorus, you know? Right. Okay, so I kind of want to move into into how your your songs and your art kind of collide um, on your website. So uh, I've been digging into your website, and I I like going to to art museums that have you know very interactive exhibits, especially the ones that pair visual art with music. And so I feel like this is very much like that. It's, you know, it's a virtual immersive experience with your music and the sounds, the, the soundscapes that you've created. So if you could kind of talk our listeners through your book, essentially the story that is on your website, if you could just kind of walk us through and give us a, you know, a little introduction to it, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, well, when I was working with Mark in the studio, um, when we were mixing, we were talking a lot about like how to release everything. And um, I was making all of this art and I had ideas for every song and it was more like, how am I going to weave them together? Um, and so like we were talking about, you know, like influences and how um, like the really captivating uh, artists that have been like, they've been more like, an element of mystery to what they're doing. And, um, and so I love that stuff, but sometimes when you love something, you can recognize it in someone else, but you can't always recognize it in yourself or what you're doing. And I, and I really struggle with that. It's kind of like, I could see something somewhere else and be like, Oh my God, like, I think that's amazing. But then when I'm like, okay, well, how can I figure this out for myself? I'll be like, I have no idea. So (laughs) really a lot, really a lot of it is just slowly piecing stuff together or like, having puzzle pieces and not even realizing they're puzzle pieces and then being like, okay, how do I make these fit together? And honestly, that's a lot of what it is. It's like, I've got this idea for this one thing and I've got this idea for this other thing. But then what's kind of crazy is that like you're, as you're writing it and figuring out the story, you're kind of reading the story at the same time. So, um, so it's fun to make it that way because you're exploring it for the first time, even though you're also the one that's like, oh, well, this is what it's becoming. So 
it's very much that. And then as I was making all of this artwork, um, because I knew I wanted stop motions for each song and uh, I wanted to create this kind of like visual world that went with the songs, I started piecing them together. And then I was like, oh, um, like this is kind of becoming a story. And so then I was like, oh, well, then, you know, maybe I, I guess what it was was that everything that I would have wanted to do full scale, um, but like wouldn't have done because like I didn't have any sort of label telling me like oh we're gonna do this it was more just like me being like oh well there's a company called blurb I could just make my own book and do it that way and then so I do it or like oh I think it would be fun to release this merch so then you just kind of do it and um I think that's part of how it got to be like there's this story and it's interwoven throughout it it's kind of more like you're just doing the pieces and then trying not to limit yourself based on like what your goals are like oh i i think it would be fun to do this okay well why not i mean there's no reason not to there's all these resources now so why not hell yes i think that's fantastic and you know it's so funny i had this professor in college his name is russ nagy his favorite catchphrase was how hard can it be and we would just sit there like damn i love that i know we'd sit there and go shit he's right how hard can it actually be? So I love that. I love that you just go for it and you you just go for broke. And that's what you got to do. That's fantastic. So for, for all the listeners, I, I promise I will have uh, links in the show notes so that you could go <laughs> and, and you know, read through this entire story and listen to the songs along with it. I think it's really immersive and, and really interesting. Um, so just because I'm curious and I would love to see this happen, um, have you thought about maybe actually like putting this in an art show anywhere that was I love that idea and and thank you for encouraging me with that that's really awesome yeah um there were like I did explore well not explore it I didn't explore it all let's be real I thought about it and some <laughs> of, and some people suggested it and then I was like okay and then basically like uh COVID happened and I've been staying with family like all my stuff's in a storage locker yeah. so the reality is <laughs> so the reality is like I basically I don't want to say drop the ball but the I didn't you know pick up the ball to be like let me let me do something with this um but yeah so I I love that idea and actually there's there's parts of it that I still there's parts from the album like on the visual side that I haven't even finished yet like um I took photos of everything so that the I could even release like a um, Viewmaster. Do you remember Viewmaster? Know what that is? It's like where it's the little kids. It's like a retro toy that you can see 3D through. Yeah, and it's um, got the little films that you have to put in it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So like I took photos of everything for every song to because um, you can actually get those made. Like there's a company in the states that makes those. So like I. Uh, like I have photos to get those made. Like I would love to explore more like the, the gallery side of things. And I think, um, you know, what's interesting, like just being an artist is that you also are kind of like when, when you're on your own, I guess what I should say, if you're not in a, like in a band setting, like previously when I've been in bands, you have like anytime that you're like feeling lazy about something or you're like, I don't know, like you have the bandmates to be like, you know, let's do this or I'll take the lead on that thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I guess, um, there's a, there are huge benefits to working with other people like in a band setting or even just like having other people on your team because, um, you know, every, 
every creative person, they also have to, uh, their own challenges, you know, they have their own challenges that they have to get over, whether that's like, you just don't feel like doing something or like you're second guessing yourself. And so when you have like bandmates where you can be like, um, you know, like, Oh, I want to do this, but I'm not sure about it. Like sometimes, you know, your bandmates will be like, oh, well, like, I'll I'll take over that or, you know, why don't you do this and I'll do this other thing or they can be really encouraging. And so I feel like when you're kind of, like, doing everything on your own, it's easy to get in your own way. So um, I feel that's, like, kind of the challenge that I see that maybe I didn't have in previous settings because I was with, like, bandmates. So um, with stuff like that, it's, like, I'll be, like, you know, like the, the gallery thing's a great idea because it does open up a different avenue of like sharing work or reaching people in a way that, you know, allows both the, the visual um, to go with the music. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, then I might be like, oh, who do I reach out to or whatever? And so then any work that is getting done or isn't getting done is totally on me, like whether I'm doing it or not or whether sure, I'm making yeah. excuses for it. So, um, so, yeah, so that is, like, I love that idea. Um, it is something that um, has been kind of, like, rolling around. I do hope once um, once I'm able to get settled again uh, back in the States that I'll be able to get the ball rolling on some ideas that just really have felt like, I don't know if they needed to be on hold or if, like, I personally have just put them on hold. There's ideas that, you know, haven't haven't gotten started yet Um and that's like one of those. And I think that's a wonderful idea. And thank you for suggesting that because, um, yeah, I really like hearing that. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, if I'm making something that might work in that setting, like why not explore it and see if other people might want to see it in that way? Yeah. So it's very cool. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I just, I think that what you're doing as far as bringing other mediums together and you have, you have the whole package, you know, I, I think... I mean, yes. Would it be a lot of work? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and I, I fully, I fully, you know, understand that. But I do think that to create such an immersive experience for multiple senses would be so captivating for an audience. And, you know, and as artists, I mean, I'm an artist as well. And I mean, you know, more musically than, than visually, I, I, I can't even draw. So <laughs> I, I'm very That's envious okay. of people. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> That's okay. Even if you if you have a desire to do it, you should still do it. Even yeah. if you don't think you can, because that could be your style. You know what I mean? Like. I think you maybe have, that's the branding <laughs> maybe exactly maybe that is the branding see and my my aunt is a phenomenal artist and she's she's very good with sculptures and so oh awesome yeah and she and I have actually You'll have to send me her info if you have anything for it yeah I think I've, I've, I've got some pictures um she and I have talked about kind of doing something similar where she would create the art and then I would create yes. the music to support it Yes, so, do it. You should absolutely do that. And I'll, I'll be just totally honest. I really don't know many people in the art world, but you know, once you get settled back in the states, if you think that you'd want to do an art show in Ohio, I I'll help you figure it out. <laughs> oh, you're such a sweetheart. And yes, I will be remembering that you said that. <laughs> I, I'm good at talking I will to not people. Forget. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. That's yeah. No, not that would be amazing. And maybe if you're, um, if you and your aunt like. Uh, get that going that maybe it could be like a joint 
a joint show or something like that Ooh. where we could join forces and have and use the gallery space together or something like that. That, that would be, be amazing. Awesome. I'm so down for that. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, wonderful. no, that's so cool. I think that like it's funny because like when you talk about the like the art world side of it, like I don't really feel like I I fit into that and I also don't really feel like I fit into the even though I spent a lot of time in in both of them and I don't know if that's just my personality of feeling kind of like an out like a bit on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. that um like I think that's why I'm like even if you say you don't draw if you have an interest in it you should still explore it because I think some people even if they're if they do it and you look at someone else and you're like oh they maybe they know what they're doing. They could still feel like you're feeling, you know what I mean? Like I still feel like um, I'm just learning as I go. And I'm, even though I have experience in it. So, um, and I've, I've been around enough people where it's like, yeah, I, I paid a lot of money to go to an art school and I've had friends that, you know, um, didn't really know how to paint, let's say, especially not based on how I was taught in school. And they, and I saw them get like major success just from following, you know, their gut and exploring their creativity and, and it really gave them their own unique style and other people could see the vibe in it and appreciate it. So, yeah. So that was my long way of saying, I think if you still feel like you want to explore some of that visual side, you should. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, and I, I think, okay, so let's kind of make this come full circle. I, I know my limitations and I know enough to know about myself that if I, like, if I wanted to put a show together in a decent amount of time, like then I'd have to rely on somebody like my aunt to, to take care of that visual art piece because there's no way in hell I could. (laughs) Yeah, well, and to play, you know, to counteract that, well, I think it's not just limitations, but it's what your, um, what your, like, um, intention is. Because if your intention is like, oh, I want to make that art too, then your limitation could actually end up being your style. But if your limitation is like, I don't think I can do that. And also I rather prioritize my time in this other area that I'm more interested in. Then that limitation is just like more of what your boundaries are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. So like, if you're like, I want someone else to do this, then hundred percent, you should have someone else do it. But if you're like, Oh, I kind of want to do this then hundred percent, you should do it. And then have your limitation. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with sculpting. And I feel like a lot of it looks like kid stuff, but then I'm like, well, I mean, I, I, there's like old claymation stuff and that has like a childlike vibe. So, I mean, even if I'm missing the mark of what I'd like it to be, it still might be something that's kind of interesting to look at. So, um, so yeah, I think it can play in your favor. Um, if like you, if you just let it, you know what I mean? Like, just like, Oh, I'm just going to explore it see what see what it does well and I think that's that's a very unique perspective too because if we if we don't look at our limitations as as boundaries anymore we just look at them as possibilities to maybe invite other people into our circle to help us create at the same time then it's no longer a limitation now it's you know it's it's an expansion exactly and exactly. I think I mean I think that's a, a really unique perspective and and I mean as as artists it's very easy for us to kind of, you know, we get down on ourselves and we don't 
typically think very much of ourselves if we don't have a, yeah. a large ego. So I think, you know, using that perspective is a much more optimistic and much more powerful way of utilizing your time and energy rather than thinking, oh, well, I'm too limited, so I shouldn't try. Right. I think that if you if you switch your focus and this is what I had to do for this project too, like, um, like exactly what you're saying about like being hard on yourself. And, um, I mean like naturally you want things to go a certain way, but we don't have any control over a lot of that. So when I switched focusing on it being something that I thought was perfect or, you know, would do well. And I started to focus on something that was about learning and exploration rather than perfection. It was more like, am I just being proactive in exploring it and exploring these ideas and trying new things? Then, um, then it takes a lot of that pressure off because it's like, well, you can reach your goals with that, but I can't reach a goal of like, I, need to have xyz um amount of followers or i need to have this many downloads of this song like there's a lot of stuff that's out of my control you know so it's like what what is in my control well i can focus on exploration rather than perfection and i can focus on um you know honoring like an idea that i have and and trying to see um where i can take that idea um on you know in my own uh ability or limitations like and and working with your limitations and not necessarily looking at them as a bad thing because if you didn't have limitations you also would be like open to like anything and everything like if you were you know as a musician if you didn't have any limitation of music style like you could do any music style you absolutely wanted to and easily well then you would have you know more stress of being like okay well which direction do i go in then it's kind of like unlimited amounts of instruments like you you know if you some people it's easier if they only have five sounds they can pick from like you know if you were like i have to write a song with every instrument that's ever been created you might have a lot more trouble than like oh i'm gonna i like this one synth that sounds the same in every single you know no matter what key i push and um and then maybe all the songs are like flooding you know like you just have a bunch of ideas so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was. I'm I'm rambling. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, I, so, haven't, I haven't you, talked to humans in a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. It's so awesome. No, I I think it's important to to realize that you know just because let's say for example like I can't play wind instruments can't play them to save my life I sound like a dying goose but I can <laughs> you know I can play drums I, I can it. play guitar bass and ukulele and I That's mean amazing you know all of those all of those instruments they help me paint you know these amazing colors with the music that I have but exactly but by me recognizing like, okay, if I need a horn section, I know who I'm going to call. I've got friends that yep. on speed dial. I'd be like, Hey, come over here, lay down this horn, this horn line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. that's great because then it's, it, that part also kind of like saves you time. Cause you're like, all right, these are the things that I can tackle. And then these other things I'm going to have, you know, someone else do it. And that, that is something that's like a great skill to have is to recognize when you want to, bring other people in on your team and, and do other things for you. Like I, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I know how to do web design. So then, um, I might struggle in a certain area with it. Cause I'm not like 
a pro pro at it. And then I'll be like, um, banging my head for, you know, weeks when I could have just called someone and they had it done right away. So it's knowing that as well can totally save time and and allow you more time for the things and energy for the things that you like want to do and that, you know, you have those skills for already. So there's absolutely, that's a great skill to have to be like, all right, call my friends and then have even more fun with them as they're, (laughs) you know, doing part of that with you. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the on the podcast today and talking about your art and, you know, talking about perspective, because I think it's really important for musicians to to open up their eyes, essentially, and and find new perspectives and, and always, you know, look at look at their art and creativity as something that is theirs. And it's okay if it goes off in a direction that's not like anybody else's. So I, I really hope that you know, once you get back into the States, I really hope that you give some thought to that gallery show idea, because I think it would be very successful. So thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you for talking with me today. And uh, this is like the first time I've done this since basically, you know, what, um, like 2020 early, like, basically, Uh, I haven't left the house yet, since I'm still in Canada. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate easing me back into the world of communication. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Awesome. Likewise. I guess I'm more scared than I am tough. Cause you keep chiseling your way past my walls with just enough. Even though I know that you're an angel from above I've got a million reasons now We should fall in love But you All right. Thank you so much, Buggy, for coming on to the podcast today. You can find her at BuggyClub.com. Links will be in the show notes. If you want to learn more about us at MusicOnTheMoveStudios.com backslash Paradox Jukebox, you can find us there. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me, KatieThompsonMusic.com. Also, please do me the biggest, grandest favor. Leave me a review if you are into Apple Podcasts. And if you have any suggestions, 
Email me at katie at musiconthemovestudios.com if you want to hear an artist or if you want to talk some business with me. I would love it. That is a wrap. We'll see you next time.